I'm Ivan, and welcome to this week's episode of the Amberlight Public Speaking Podcast. This is episode 12, Toastmaster Evaluation Contest Part 1. I was really hoping to get this into one episode, but I've just got too much to say, so I'm sorry it's going to split in half, but I just couldn't find another way to do it. Before we start, I just wanted to let you know that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, as well as Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all good podcasting applications, and even a few rubbish ones too. If you fancy leaving a review, that's great too. Stars don't cost you anything, so please consider scoring it 5 out of 5. It would really help promote this show. If you find this episode useful, then please support the podcast. Uh, We don't have any sponsors, so the primary way to support the podcast is to buy the Amberlight Speech Timer app for iPhone and iPad. With the app, you can practice your speeches and ensure they run to time and can also use it to time speakers at your Toastmasters or debating club. Also, it's not expensive. It's about £1.50 in the UK and $2 in the US. So head over to amberlightapp.com, that's amberlightapp.com, to read more about it and watch the demo videos. The link is in the show notes. Of course, if you don't have an iPad or iPhone, or you can't spare any cash at the moment, I'll talk about some other ways you can support the podcast at the end of the episode. Now, on with the show. I recently won an area contest for my Toastmasters club. I was quite shocked, to say the least, for reasons that will become clear. This episode is a summary of what I learnt from the experiences which I hope you'll find useful. 1. You can't win if you don't turn up. Shockingly, I only came third in my club contest. Yep, third. I only entered a club competition because we needed to make up the numbers, and to be honest, I took little interest in it, so third wasn't surprising. I only got to go to the area competition because the guys who came first and second in the club competition couldn't make it. I got the impression throughout this whole experience that a lot of people in other clubs aren't that bothered about the evaluation contest either, that the strongest speakers are only really interested in the speech contests. So my advice is if you'd like to get a competition win under your belt, go for the evaluation contest. The standard is high, but probably not as high as you suppose. To be honest, if I can win a contest, you definitely can too. 2. Modest goals are fine. It's quite fashionable these days to say that you have to visualise yourself winning if you want to win. You have to visualise yourself giving a speech to a room full of people with their jaws hanging open at your utter awesomeness, applauding and clapping exactly when you want them to, and finally carrying you out of the room on their shoulders as you hold the winning trophy aloft. I think this is a bit much. I went into the competition with the very modest goal of not coming last. I just wanted to keep my dignity intact. As it happens, I did a bit better than I hoped. The main point though is this. These competitions are scored by judges, who are not robots but human beings, and consequently they make arbitrary decisions. 
I suggest you go into the competition to please yourself, to reach the standard you set for yourself. It may be that you have a role model in mind and you, you just want to be good as, de- as good as them. That's fine. But if you go in expecting to be first place, then you might only succeed in stressing yourself out and losing out to someone who's waltzed into the contest without a care in the world. Take it seriously, but have fun. Three, what happens in a contest? I'll quickly summarise for anyone who doesn't know how the evaluation contest is conducted. There is a contest chair who is responsible for running the contest and presenting the speakers. Before the contest, the chair will take all the competitors to one side and brief them. This briefing will primarily be a summary of the rules, which you should already know because you'll already have read them. Then, lots will be drawn to decide the order in which the competitors go up on stage. Competitors may also be asked to sign forms agreeing to the rules at this point. After all this admin is concluded, the competitors will go back to the room and rejoin the audience. The contest chair will start the competition by doing an introduction and explaining what's about to happen. They will then introduce the target speaker, a speaker whose identity will have been kept a secret up to this point. The target speaker is not a competitor. They speak purely for the purposes of the evaluation contest. The speech will be five to seven minutes in length. Competitors may take as many notes as they like throughout the speech in any form they wish. Once the speech has concluded, the competitors will be taken out of the room to another room or space away from the competition. At this point, the competitors will have five minutes to make notes in preparation for their evaluation. Once the five minutes are up, the competitors will have their notes taken from them. Now, the competitors will be called to the stage in the order decided earlier. They may have their notes back once they re-enter the room, but not before. They will be invited to the stage by the contest chair, and then they will speak. If they speak for less than 1 minute and 30 seconds, they'll be disqualified. If they speak for longer than 3 minutes and 30 seconds, they will also be disqualified. If they are disqualified, it won't be announced, no one will be told, and there'll be no signal to, to, to let the audience know that they've been disqualified. Okay, that's how it works. There's a few things to note here. Clearly, speaking later is better, because you may not have your notes, but you will have time to mentally practice. I mention this because while you can't fix the order in which you're selected, you can prevent another problem. Some competitors will chat while they wait to go on. Don't be tempted to chat as you'll lose your advantage. Just go over what you're going to say in your head. The next point, timing. The maximum time you have is 3 minutes and 30 seconds. You'll have to get through a lot of material when you do your evaluation speech. So you want to get practice using as much of that time as you can. It can be a bit scary talking while the red light is on, but if you practice delivering your summary in about 20 seconds, then you should be okay. Four, practice makes perfect. 
I started off uninterested in evaluations and didn't take them too seriously. Sure, before this I'd wanted to make a decent effort to give helpful advice to speakers, but I never gave it deep thought. Being entered into this competition forced me to focus my mind and take it seriously. I was asked if I could compete only two weeks before the competition, so I didn't have long to prepare. I spent the first week pulling together a strategy, just working out how a proper evaluation should be done. I found blog posts and YouTube videos that were really helpful, and I'll put links to those in the show notes. The second week was practicing and using that practice to refine my strategy. Each practice would consist of me searching for a Toastmaster speech on YouTube, watching it while taking notes, then as soon as it finished I would give myself five minutes to write notes. I timed this using Amberlight speech timer. Hint, hint. Then, once the five minutes was up, I would stand up and do the evaluation out loud again timing myself with Amberlight speech timer for the two to three minutes. I would also record my practice runs on video so I could watch and improve. If I didn't like my first effort at an evaluation, I would try again and again to a maximum of four times. In that second week, I did two practice evaluations per day from Monday to Thursday and then did five on Friday. By the end of Friday, I was happy with my content and I was quickly finding commendations and recommendations, but I still needed to do some work on my delivery. I would wave my arms about too much very often and, and repeat words like very nice and very good, which can be a bit of a problem with people doing evaluations. If, if you look out for it, you'll notice. But thankfully, on the day of the contest, I kept these problems mostly at bay. I think the adrenaline focused my mind. 5. The judging form and what it tells us. The judging form is the centre of your world when you're competing. Go and Google the form and have a look for yourself. Have a look at the breakdown of available points. The maximum is 100 points and it breaks down as 40 points for analysis, 30 points for recommendations, 15 points for summary, 15 points for presentation. This gives us a good idea what our priorities are. Do bear in mind that apparently judges don't have to stick to this formula and they can do what they like, but since we can't even begin to guess what these weirdos are going to do, we'll just have to work with what we have. For me, the analytical quality we're looking for here is that the speech has been listened to and fully observed and the evaluator should give evidence of this. Quote from the speech to show that you've been listening. Also note, it's not enough to point out good things and say, good thing was good. It should have a reason with it, such as, I liked it when James did a voice for the receptionist because he used vocal variety. And that's good because it makes the speech more varied and maintains audience interest. The same is true of any recommendations we might give the speaker, but now we also have an additional element. We should give them something they can do differently in the future. Be careful with this, because it's easy to fall into the trap of saying nothing. If you were to say, When James came to his conclusion, I found him hard to understand. James should try to speak more clearly. 
that's not a great recommendation because it's not specific and it's not actionable. All we're saying is he didn't speak clearly. He should speak clearly. I'd suggest it's better to say, when James came to his conclusion, I found him hard to understand. I think this was because he was rushing. So in future, I suggest he should trim his material so he can take his time and deliver the conclusion with greater clarity. In short, commendations contain a what and a why. What you liked, why you liked it. Recommendations contain a what, a why and a how. What needs improvement? Why it needs improvement? How they might improve it? And with that, I'm going to conclude part one there and come back with the rest of my observations next week. I hope what you've heard so far sounds useful to you. Please make sure you check in next week. If you did find that useful, I hope you'll spend a moment to support this podcast. As mentioned before, you can buy the Amberlight Speech Timer app by going to amberlightapp.com. Amberlightapp.com. Additionally, there is a Twitter account named also Amberlight App. Consider following the account and retweeting some of the tweets there, especially if they're about the app or the podcast. Amberlight is also on LinkedIn, Google Plus and Facebook. So search for them there and some likes or follows or whatever it is you do on any of those networks, that would be great too. Well, that's it for this episode. I look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode. All the best. Bye.